Hello, welcome back. Hello. This is Adam I have with me today, Adam Ray. Welcome. Hey, what's up? Thank you for having um, me. Yeah, Adam's calling in from Canada, our first international guest, I think. That's exciting, I'm honored. <laughs> um, Adam, I first know you and still know you as a writer, but you also do a lot of other things in the fashion and adjacent spheres. Can you tell me what you do? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still a, a writer. That's sort of I guess, where I, like, I come professionally. But uh, as you well know, Nicola, media is like, extremely punishing and like low paying and uh you know it's a bunch of bullshit so it's you no gotta do a bunch of other real stuff gentlemen to make a real living no certainly not in this economy um so i i i, I do still still write mostly about fashion uh and like visual culture um and shit like that um i work for a 32c and write for like the financial times uh, mostly but I also do a lot of like copywriting for various corporations uh, and creative direction, um, fashion, like basically making fashion ads. Um, and yeah, kind of like whatever else comes my way. I'm sort of open to whatever. Um, one day but I, I want to do one day I want to do an episode. What is a creative director and have a round table of creative directors kind of try to explain what is this job? It's what you do when you have no technical skills. Um, soft skills. It's, it's, a, it's definitely a soft skill job. Uh, in my experience, it's like knowing some people and like having an idea, but not being able to realize any ideas on your own. So mm -hmm. you end up spending most of your time like I feel like on jobs that I do that are creative direction jobs, I'm like basically a project manager. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's um, not like, uh, it's not, it's, um, yeah, it's a stupid job name and it's like not very sexy, but it, it's, it's kind of fun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're also, you've been really traveling around the country of Canada. How has it been? No, no. <laughs> Okay, not not really. I, I I you've happened to catch me on a couple consecutive weekends spent in the like southern Ontario hinterland, which is kind of um, it's not far from where I live in Montreal, um, which is French Canada for your American viewership. Um, no, I've just been like hanging out at friends' cottages. Um, nothing too terribly exciting. Well, did you relax? Was it nice? Like, kind of um yeah sort of i feel like i was also just kind of like and like eating a lot of very rich food yeah and like sleeping on on like couches and cottage beds so i kind of came back feeling like shit but um yeah you know for a good cause um i guess <laughs> i'm not I'm, I'm i'm not gonna earn a lot of sympathy uh with no that. i'm about to have um, two two consecutive trips like that but i'm just i'm just looking I'm just like assuming I'm going to come back to New York in a couple of weeks, just being like heavy and self-loathing and just like, yeah, but it's just sort of inevitable with traveling in a certain way with, yeah, it's just going to be, that's how it's going to be. 
Yeah. I, I also like haven't, um, I went from traveling quite a lot as I'm sure many, you and many people listening to this podcast did. I was traveling for work, like, you know, one to two weeks of the month, like every month for a couple of years leading up to the pandemic and I've not been on a plane since, uh, and not really traveled at all. Supposed to, I will, I'll be in, in like New York in early September, which will be the first real travel I've done all. And I'm kind of nervous that like all of my travel muscles have atrophied. Cause I was like, okay. I was being a little bitch about traveling for like four days and like sleeping on a couch for a few days. So I don't know how I'm going to actually, uh, you know, bounce back when it comes to real travel. I, yeah. I think travel maybe kind of sucks now. Like not that anything's changed. Maybe it is just the, yeah, being so raw to it again, but like, I like kind of hate, have hated all of my airport experiences with like a new level of hatred. Just like, I hate being here. I hate waiting in this line. I hate waiting to get on this plane. I hate being in this plane. Yeah, there is, I, I'm really nervous about this too, because I love airports. I, I typically love being in airports and love traveling and really look forward to it. Like I get to the airport super early because I like <laughs> hanging out at airport bars and stuff like that. But it seems like it's gotten a lot worse. There's a really good uh, Amanda Mall article in the Atlantic recently uh, about how much shittier travel is now and how, uh, like how many um, like, like airline attendants are getting like physically assaulted by passengers and shit like that. Yeah. Um, like, it seems I really bad. Yeah, like I didn't see, like in the traveling I've been doing layovers and delayed flights and whatever, like the time I've been spending in airports, it's not like I've seen anything in particular, but it does just feel tense. Like I feel like people are just, I don't know, like the vibe, that's where the vibe is off. Yeah, the vibe seem, seem deeply off. I uh, was chatting with a friend who was, I don't know where he was going, but he was connecting through Atlanta, which is like, if you've flown through Hartsville-Jackson, it's like a crazy, massive airport. I think it's the busiest airport in the world, or at least it was a few years ago. But he was like, three quarters of the restaurants are closed. Uh, he couldn't, you know, even sit there for a beer at Ludacris Chicken and Beer Restaurant. Yeah. Terminal whatever of the airport, which is obviously a shame. This is impeaching on our rights and freedoms. What is wait? So what's up with did, the COVID? Wait, did you did you know, oh. did you know that Ludacris is like the like the like the spokesperson of Atlanta's airport? There are like Ludacris no, like life size like cutouts that. like all over the airport. To um, me, that's yeah. very like top tier celebrity endorsement material. Like I couldn't agree more. Like that's a very like established thing to do is to be because even if you're washed up, which like I would not say he's washed up because I would say he's like classic um but even no I'm thinking about other airports I'm thinking about other articles like I don't know can you think of another airport with like a celebrity the celebrity endorsement I don't I don't know but you know sometimes you land somewhere and it's like this is so and so welcome to the airport like I hope you love my city (laughs) and you're like oh that's nice they got that person to make this message or whatever um I think that, yeah, like being ludicrous and like Atlanta's like a big city 
I think that's a really cool like endorsement to have. Like that's, that's like iconic, like having like a big soda brand or something like that, you know? And, and it's uh, hometown. So it's like really cool. You're, you're from Wisconsin, right? Yeah. From Milwaukee. Yeah. Who, who would be, wait, does Milwaukee, wait, does first does Milwaukee an international airport? And second, yeah, it is, is but I think celebrity. It's, okay, it's called Mitchell International. Wait, the airport code is MKE, but I think it's just called Mitchell International. I don't know who Mitchell is, and I think it's only international because I think it like connects to Canada. I have no idea. I don't think you can go that. I don't know how international you can go. I wonder if I could fly direct. Yeah. Montreal to MKE flight. Yeah, uh, YUL to MKE. Uh, does does Milwaukee does Mid International have a spokesperson? And if not, who is the Milwaukeean Milwaukeeite? Well, I think it would have to be Giannis. Title? That's that's true. Like at this point, yeah, he's this, he's pretty hater proof. Um. And he seems to really have a love for the city. Like, I don't know. I don't think it is realistic to think that he'll be there forever, you know? Like, he's a man. He's got to go his way. But I think that he has, like, a real appreciation for this, you know, adopted city. Right. Yeah, that seems, um, uh, it shows. One one thing that's cool about the Milwaukee airport, and then we will get on to our topics is that after TSA there's an area called the recombobulation area where you can recombobulate after you've been discombobulated through TSA oh man that's and it has like shit. it has a sign it, it the signage is like the same signage as like all you know consistent throughout the airport for all official airport signage recombobulation area wow well that's a nice touch yeah, something nice. It's a nice airport too. Anyway, that's a midwestern um, hospitality. Yeah, uh, but on to on to what we're talking about today, which is um, we've we've got a we've got a quartet of collaborations in the men's and unisex space that all kind of touch pop culture. Uh, to discuss um and I thought Adam would be a great person to talk about these things with because he is um so close to these things in his work and in his waking life generally yeah that that makes me want to kill myself (laughs) (laughs) I feel like in this conversation generally I will be a hater and I'm gonna try to check that because I don't think that being negative is like all productive so first up supreme and shrek this is kind of the most recent news of these topics so we're starting there there's a couple of items that supreme has done that says supreme but it isn't a font that looks like the shrek logo right um (laughs) (laughs) uh Uh People love Shrek, I guess. 
Yeah, that feels like that's a thing on the internet. People love Shrek. I I don't know if I'm like slightly too old to get it, which is again with wanting to kill myself. Um, but I feel like I like saw Shrek once when it came out when I was I don't know, thirteen or something. Um, but it does seem to be quite beloved, and I don't totally get why beyond the obvious explanation, which would be nostalgia, like childhood nostalgia. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought of two things when I first saw this. One, I thought of Bossa Nova Civic Club, which is like a like a bar and nightlife destination here in Bushwick, New York, 11221. They, <laughs> they had a hoodie last year that said Bossa in the Shrek logo. And... I remember seeing it and being like, God, why are people so fucking obsessed with Shrek? You know? And then, so that the first thing I thought of was like the Bossa merch that came out last winter. And the second thing I thought of was um, a, a lot of the people I knew, or like this one group of people I knew in LA were really into Shrek iconography and like baby Shrek in like 2016. And it was like a- What do you big, mean, ba- what, is, what, is, what do you mean baby Shrek? You know, it's like the baby Yoda. It's like they just, they, meaning like picks, I don't know, whoever makes this stuff makes baby versions. Maybe it was like in a sequel. I have no idea. But it was like a big thing in their friendship that I never got. And I like, it was just like, it was like one of those like inside friendship group things that I was like, oh, I'm too late to this that I'm never going to like. And, and Shrek doesn't mean anything. I'm like not going to latch on to this. And now it feels like we're at a fever pitch. Like there's been a lot of like Shrek memes lately. Right. So if you if you weren't already in, now probably wouldn't be the time. You'd be you'd yeah. be dying high on Shrek. So this had me curious about when Shrek came out, which was interesting because it was released in spring 2011. I mean 2001 which was before 9-11 and like grasping for anything pre 9-11 is always like very interesting to me. Uh, just in the, in the larger psyche where it's like, Oh, we, we want to go back to like, to something, you know, gentler and less awoken. Do, do you feel that you, I mean, I suppose, as a Canadian, it was a little different for me, though not that different, I guess. Um, do, like, do you feel that you experienced a real, like, pre and post like, psych- psyche? Not like me, Nicola, in my daily life as a okay. seventh grader, but like in the, in like <laughs> the movies that were made and like the tone that was taken and like the like, America, fuck yeah, kind of thing that happened. And yeah, uh, yeah, no, I think there's, I think there's like a lot of cultural shift that happened and like a lot of patriotism that happened in the wake of 9-11. I don't know. Also Shrek, I guess, is cottage core. So it's also like a, a want, like it also represents like a, a, a tradness um yeah i suppose he is uh lives in some sort of feudal system there's a king right 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't feel like the story or the plot really as, matters. As far as, far as podcasts about Shrek people who have are only tertiarily aware of what Shrek is or about, I think this might be the best one. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the story matters. I think the the emotional sentiment of of Supreme and Shrek is what matters. But like to me, I'm like, oh, that's like Supreme just keeps getting lamer. Now they're like collaborating with like a, a Disney. Like Disney is like the biggest thing in the world. Like collaborating with big stuff is lame. So collaborating with um, Disney on it. Or like, it's not a, I mean, I don't think it's a collaboration, but it's like, yeah, this could just be sold at like the Disney gift store or whatever. It's just a black shirt. <laughs> There's also, I have to shout out Montreal skateboard company Dime made this exact same shirt a few years ago, but with yeah, their name I saw that. Supremes. I saw that on on your t- on twitter like we replied to someone and then i saw um it in my research i think that was 2019 so it's like yeah i started noticing this in 2016 so clearly it's been bubbling for like a while but yeah the movie is 20 years old and it's it's reaching a fever pitch now i i find i don't think i could ever watch a movie and because i find that computer graphics very difficult to look at i know he's he's alarming to look at and like to see him Shrek in himself i just like that like the like the texture of that era of, of cg is um really unpleasant to me but maybe it is just as simple as like oh like if you're a current supreme customer you probably have memories of this movie shrek or whatever like that's enough to i would like, i would love to think that they've cool. taken their investment and used it on like uh you know hyper involved customer consumer research targeting yeah. um but i have to guess it's like some some designer just sitting around being like that's okay and there's a t-shirt yeah uh, on um, the fall winter merch calendar and then this also got me thinking like to, to people, but by people, I mean men. <laughs> Do they like Shrek because he's a big, dumb guy? Because guys like big, dumb guys, you know? And they like big, dumb guys because it's like, it sets the expectation at zero. This is me guessing. Like, I don't really know. You can interject at any point. And I feel like I see, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, feel free to disagree with me here, but I feel like I see more women into Shrek than than men. Interesting. Because I think that like dad bod is an inside job to like lower expectations for men. Yeah. Is it working? Yeah. Oh my God. The dad bod agenda nice. is. <laughs> I think I mean, it's we're, I feel like we're, we're a good few years deep into that. Also, uh, I feel like that trying to put a name on something that already existed. Yeah, no, totally. It's just branding or whatever. But interesting. I love yeah. to have my shitty body branded. Yeah, I mean, same. Um, I don't know. Anyway, Trek also on. has tall guy privilege. So 
Yeah, he's um, really tall. He get, I, but he's he gentle. No he's nice. Like, right. Yeah, he's gentle. He's nice. And I mean, okay, this is my only recollection of the movie is he's not nice at first, but he learns. Oh, but he turns nice. Okay. Yeah. Redemption. Thanks I don't to know. Whatever. Eddie, Eddie Murphy, the donkey. I guess we'll just all keep our eye on on where we continue to see. I mean, I'm sure we're just going to start seeing like a million things that have this treatment and then it'll just crash and burn like everything else. One can only hope. Moving on to other green guys. Um, Balenciaga, part of their winter 2021 collection, which is the one that had the shirts and hats that said gay on them. Which made me laugh a lot, <laughs> like gay hat. Um, they also had a bunch of sh- like shirts with like the Hulk, like the Marvel Universe Hulk printed on them, and those dropped on their website somewhat recently. So it's just like a bunch of t-shirts and backpacks that again look like they could just be hanging on, you know, like a silver rack at the end of you know you leaving the theme park ride and it's just like they're at the gift thing and you're walking by and you can buy them except that they happen to be have like luxury price points um my big question is does this make demna part of the marvel universe i i i mean i i really hesitate to tread into these waters because i try to avoid there's no way to say this without sounding pretentious, but I, I really try to avoid thinking about the whole cinematic universe at all. <laughs> but <laughs> we my, all but my, do. My, we all do, but it's coming guess, for all no, of us. No, we definitely don't all do. We definitely don't all do, but it is coming <laughs> for all of us. Um, I don't know if Marvel Cinematic Universe canon extends to commercial products of this nature. My knee-jerk reaction is going to be to say no, but. Uh, I'm sure if you tweet about this, like 400 middle-aged men would be happy to explain you one way or the other. Yeah, my nightmare. I bet Marvel- This reminds me of a, I was, I went to see Black Panther with my sister, which is, I think, like the only recent comic book movie I've seen. Uh, and after, after it ended, we got up to my sister, oh, I think there's always like shit after the credits of these, we should say. And I was like, all right, sure. So we sat till the end of the credits and it was like a weird, like 15 second teaser for like some other movie. And I out loud remarked, I was like, I don't know that we stayed for that. Like, we don't know anything else about any of these other fucking movies. And there was a couple sitting beside me and the guy was like, uh, actually, man, it's like really important to like stick around for the after credit stuff that sets up like the next part of the story. Just like went off and his wife looked, looked absolutely mortified. Oh, and I, I could like, I really couldn't think of anything to say to him. We just, like, just walked out. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's quite all right. I was really funny. I felt really bad for his wife. For, for no, her, for, her. for her. I'm so sister. sorry for her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's such a, it's a strange thing to like engage a, a complete stranger about in public. I, my bet is that Marvel went to. Balenciaga and like requested this. I don't think it was like the other way around. I, like, I think I probably really think, the. I think Marvel is I think prob- literally trying to have tentacles throughout the actual like 
through everything. Yeah, I mean, sure. Why wouldn't they? It seems like the logical thing to do if you like a business corporation of that size, trying to make as much money as you can. Yeah. Um, I think probably the genesis of that thing is like a lot more. Well, <laughs> I don't think any either of us were under the illusion that it had like a particularly exciting origin story, but it's like probably more boring and like shitty than than we're even imagining. Oh yeah, I bet two rich guys met somewhere, and this and they like they met outside in France or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were like two rich guys who are like heads of something or other. Totally, were yeah, like yeah, it's having... like yeah, yeah. We, we need the incredible Hulk on the the Udis. Or yeah, they were just like yeah. I'm sure there's a way we can. Who knows? Yeah, this is definitely. I don't know what this is or who it serves. Um. Um. Were you in 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 bringing up the Hulk after Shrek? Are you attempting to, to draw a parallel between two big green guys? Yeah, just going from green to green, and also from like. <laughs> From like, uh, yeah, just from two different kind of like licensees, basically, like Shrek licensing its logo to Supreme, which I don't know, licenses itself to Louis Vuitton or whatever, Balenciaga, which licenses its name for perfume and sunglasses and stuff, and the Hulk licensing its imagery to Balenciaga and to, you know, Paxson and everyone else. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like these collaborations, like don't, they definitely don't mean anything. I guess they're actually, there was a Balenciaga, uh, Star Wars collaboration too. No, a that uh, Star Wars collaboration. Yeah, that was a long, that was a, like very early that mall. It was first becoming quite popular. I remember it was oh, like, oh, yeah, a, no, 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 but like recently like the poster, there were, there was on, another one. Yeah, there was like high heels on sale that were, that said like Star Wars over all over them. And I was like, why? For who? I hate it. I mean, did you, because, um, oh, did, did, did you happen to read there was a business of fashion article that came out, um, Right around when Balenciaga, when it's couture, like Demna's first couture show came out, it had this like throwaway detail that mentioned that he has like dropped his last name and is now simply Demna. Really? Isn't that incredible? I mean, I could I couldn't pronounce his name to this day. Like Vesalia? His last name. I think it's Vesalia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the I would still interesting thing that. The thing that I find really, I was talking to a friend who works in fashion about this and like, I kind of think that he's beefing with his brother because in mm. most in Vet Ma collection, like he's dropped his last name. And in the most recent Vet Ma collection, there are like, I think t-shirts and hoodies that just have their last name on it. Interesting. Yeah. Cause yeah, his brother is our, like uh, kind of the merchandiser and like the money man. Uh, yeah. Seemingly. Yeah. Um, anyways, I cut you off. You were talking about the Hulk. Oh. No, I mean, I don't know anything about the Hulk. I don't want to know anything <laughs> about the Hulk. I try to stay away from the Marvel Universe, but it enters mine. I resist. 
uh, I looked in to see if Marvel has done any other fashion collabs, but the most high-end brand I could see they've done anything with was Coach. So this is definitely the highest tier that Marvel has reached. And I'm sure it will not be the last. I'm sure that they have a lot of money to, to pay a lot of people to do a lot of dumbass shit. Yeah, get excited. Moving on. Um, <laughs> Frank Ocean Prada and his new jewelry line called Homer. Have you, okay, I kind of like heard about this background noise, didn't really look into this and just kind of looked into it today to prep for this. Did this surface for you at all before, to, or like, did you absorb this at all before today? Oh, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I what mean, your, I, I, I love what are the boys. I what love are the boys saying. Um, I think, I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a Frank Ocean, uh, venture. So all of the, the presentation is like pretty immaculate, right? Like the, the catalog looks beautiful. The storefront from what I've seen looks beautiful. It's all like very pitch perfect um, um, in its yeah presentation. Uh, it's like, it feels very nostalgic to a certain kind of, I guess also like turn of the millennium era design. Like even the, the typeface reminds me of like X-Girl and stuff like that from, from the 90s. Um, but also the way like his team rolled it out by like only doing that feature with Financial Times, how to spend it, I think genius. Um, because it seemed to me like the, like the tenor of that article was just about how much of like a real business this is. Um, it's not like vanity, it's not a vanity project, like a lot of, uh, you know, artists, um, fashion side house. Um, you know, the, all of the diamonds they use are like lab grown, the lab that he owns, which is like a cool detail from that story. I mean, cool, depending on your, uh, how cool you think owning a diamond factory is. Um, and also like, what could a, what could a publication like your days or literally any like cultural publication give someone Frank Ocean? Um, probably has a, a better reach and a more engaged audience than any of those places do. Um, so I thought it was really cool how they did it. Um, it's cool that it's like totally offline. You have to go to the sort of it. That's going to become like really annoying soon. Cause I think there'll probably be like 400 other businesses that try to do the same thing, mm. but <laughs> it won't be started by Franco. So like who gives a shit? Um, but I think it's, it's interesting that we see like, and that's kind of like the same as like, you know, you mentioned drunken canal early, like something that's not online and that's really cool right now, but it's like, totally uh like an overcorrection that i don't think will last because it's like in some ways it's stupid it's like the internet is super convenient and it's nice to be able to shop online and read things on my phone um but it's also kind of cool it's like a cool stunt right now yeah did you like the styles of the jewelry well i haven't seen that many of them right like i ordered one of the catalogs like right away um but unless you're like, I've seen whatever photos came out in that how to spend it feature. 
and a few things like on Instagram, I guess. But I think there's probably a lot of designs that I haven't seen. Some of the louder ones, I'm like, I, I could never wear it. I'm like, not at all cool enough to wear stuff like that. Um, I saw some other like simpler chains that I, I would wear. Um, but yeah, I'll have to get back to you once I've seen more of it. Yeah, I looked on the website and it was like, definitely not my style. It's very colorful and the, it's very like, the shapes are very like loud and angular. It's just not me. I don't, I guess I know who it's for, but it's not for me. Um, I found it interesting that in the financial times article, he said he wanted it to be as expensive as Cartier. He didn't say he wanted the, like, like he didn't use language. I was like, I want it to be like as finely made as Cartier or something. It's like, I want the same price point, which seemed a little shallow. Um, I found like, yeah, independent luxury brand was an, like he calls it an independent luxury brand. And I guess, does that mean it's self-funded? I would, I would have to assume so. I mean, I mean, it's he, also one he, of those things he, where he reveals like, it's, so little about his business that, or his like life in general, that it's kind of hard to interrogate that unless you yeah. know a guy who knows a guy or something. I know. But I was like, there's no way I would, I, can, I would interpret it as it's self-funded. Yeah. Like there, I was like, there's no way I, I I'm not going to be able to do enough digging to find a VC firm. <laughs> like it's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, I didn't even start because I was like, sure. And whatever, he has the money. It's possible. It is independent. Um, and I you know, it also leaves it open to be more than jewelry because it's just called Homer. It's called an independent luxury brand. It doesn't specify that it's just jewelry, but that's a cool category to start with, I guess. I mean, it's, even if it's not my taste, it's interesting. I thought it was, you, you just mentioned the name again. I remembered a detail from that article where he mentioned that they picked the name partly because the, the URL like Homer.com was available. I was like, no fucking way, man. Yeah. You mean Um, it was available to buy from someone? Perhaps. Um, Yeah. I was, it's funny. One of the first things that I thought about after reading, I was like, I wonder how much it costs to get like this Instagram handle and URL. Yeah. But he figured it out. It's a really, it's a really dumb thing to wonder about, but uh, yeah, (laughs) they did it. Yeah. And then, in the Financial Times, like exclusive, which is uh, the only publication that like he spoke to directly. Everything else is, um, you know, outside gathering of information by fans and stuff. As his fingers scroll through a catalog of his designs on an iPad, images of brightly colored jackets with the Prada logo flash past a forthcoming collaboration with his close friend Mayu. Now I'm like scared to say her name because I'm a Mayuchia, right? You got it. Okay, I just got really nervous. I was like, oh, I'm going to be recorded. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then those images like semi-leaked. He's been like a kind of a friend of the brand, a sort of like celebrity model, whatever, of the brand for a long time. So it's kind of like a natural fit in that way, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It like, 
yeah, this collaboration, I guess, Prada and Frank Ocean is still like TBD, but kind of interesting. Um, I think it's super cool. I mean, I think there are a few designers that have retained the cultural credibility Mute has. Um, it seems they have like a genuine friendship and connection. So um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's cool. I like the look of that piece they showed that like minty green. It looks like kind of a pullover anorak. Um, yeah. I don't know that I could ever like, I love, I love Prada, but I don't know that I could ever wear um, a Prada logo like that intensely open. Um, but otherwise I really like that, that, that particular. I, I had a dream the other night that I had a, just like the Prada logo as a pin, just like the little triangle. And it was just like a <laughs> pin. And I like dropped it on the floor and was like looking for it. And it wasn't, you know, it was just part of the rest of the dream, but that was like part that I remembered. It was like, I dropped my little Prada logo pen. The Prada logo is there one is. of the only logos I like or like would wear. It's, it's a, it's a wonderful logo. And uh, I think like there is something about the uh, like phonetic pleasure of saying certain luxury brand names like Prada mm -hmm. that I think carries, uh, I don't know, like carries some sort of weight, like in a, in and of itself. Yeah. Um, it's why like, it's like, this is why I, partly why rap music is so good like there's just like guys saying luxury brand names in very satisfying ways and it's very beautiful uh, and like yeah it sounds so it's nice. very beautiful i uh I, I wrote something for an issue of carhartt working purposes magazine about the history of like gore-tex and rap music and i think like beyond being a wonderful technical technical innovation uh like gore-tex sick because you get to say Gore-Tex all the time yeah. when you wear it which is like the reason Prada is sick you get to say Prada and think Prada yeah all the time yeah yeah, yeah I have yeah. uh I always have the phrase there's like um um the Prada's Tokyo flagship is in Aoyama uh, um, an insane building a like really beautiful building um uh, but I also just get the phrase like Prada Aoyama stuck in my head sometimes well, apparently Frank was inspired by that exact flagship for his flagship for the Homer store, which it's always interesting to me to see where in the very uh, dense island of Manhattan, a brand decides to open its <laughs> store because whatever it says a lot. So his store is on Bowery down close towards Canal. So it's just above Chinatown and right next to, but not in Soho, which is cool, I think, to not be, you know, I think if this were 10 years ago, he would have been like dead in Soho, like right in the thick of it. But now it's, I think, uh, cooler to be on like the fringes of Soho. Um, it's kind of like a weird block with mostly Chinese businesses. There's like other jewelry places, watch repair, a pawn shop, a spa, um, but there's also like a Bank of America shit. But it's it's a cool like I like the choice of location, and I'm sure that that is going to become like a booming block of bullshit like immediately as well. 
Uh, so. A booming block of bullshit. Pray for the pray is, for the is small businesses, and um, yeah. But that's I I like I like his choice of location. I think it's cool. I mean, yeah. Speaking of someone who's never really lived in New York but has spent a decent amount of time there, I I suppose I agree. Um, I like that part of Manhattan. Find myself there often uh, when I am in New York. Um, I don't know that I have any other insights to offer on it, but well, yeah, whole, I, like, I, oh. I, I hope it's open for a while. I would like to visit. Yeah. Well, they have plenty of appointments. I was looking on the website today, so oh. you can stop right in when you're here in September. Um, stop. I'm sure they'll have some kind of event or something too, but Uh, okay, so uh, so as soon as I heard the Frank Ocean Prada news of buzzin', it got me thinking about Dior and Travis Scott, which is older now, but seems very related. So uh, Travis Scott, it's weird because it was like, Travis Scott for Dior with Kim Jones, who's the brand's men's designer. And it was called Cactus Jack Dior, which actually kind of works all together, except it's also like Cactus Jack is the high alcohol uh, seltzer that I see at the bodega. So it's like, oh, Cactus Jack Dior. Like <laughs> he called like, isn't that what his, or wait, is that? Yeah, that's what it's called. It's, seltzer- I think it's just called Cactus or like Cactus. Cacti. Yeah, um, yeah, it's and like I'm fucking heated that we can't get it in Canada. Oh, okay. Well, you can add that in New York too. I really, I tried it and that. it was a little much, uh, a little too sweet. Yeah, but, but like every every seltzer sucks. I yeah. I really um I'm I'm kind of on principle opposed to alcoholic seltzers. Um, I have only the really ridiculous ones I can get down with. I I will drink White Claws to you know get drunk but yeah. i do not enjoy them i find them like honestly kind of debased see i think this is an interesting thing i've noticed between uh men and women i to me seltzers are a very like calorically economical alcohol like false it has, it's like the same caloric intake as drinking a beer you've been lying no, it's not it's a hundred calories for a can it has like three grams of carbs so you can is it? drink more you can drink more volume because it's big it's just, it has no water in it you because it's only five percent alcohol you drink more volume of alcohol i i was under the impression that like uh you know like a 330 milliliter Medela was like 120 calories. I thought the difference between a canned seltzer, canned beer was like negligible calorically. Mm, I guess, yeah, I guess a can of beer is like, yeah, somewhere in the 120 to 150 range, depending on. But it has a lot of carbs. It has a lot of carbs. I just find nothing. And that's uh, how you wake up with a chubby face. <laughs> I uh, the white the I white claw. Find, you don't wake up with that chubby face. I just find make like I uh, 
I could envision myself after a long day of like sending bullshit emails, like opening a can of beer and feeling relaxed. I do not think opening a watermelon white claw would uh, provide me the same comfort or release. No, it definitely doesn't hit. It's like a, it doesn't hit the same way, but um, we've gotten off track. It, it seems like a, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I'm pretty, I'm fairly, I'm fairly passionate about canned beverages. No, that's, that's good. I'm fairly. You, um, you asked me, you asked me what I was passionate about before we had this call. And I, I said nothing, uh, but canned beverages, canned beverages are what I'm, are what I'm passionate about. Yeah. No, I, I think that White Claw is kind of like, I think that it's kind of like um, vodka soda where it's just sort of like a good diet, low carb, you know, kind of like minimalist. uh, It'll get you drunk. Yeah. It's kind of more like a tool than a pleasure. A means to an end. Yeah. Soylent drinking. <laughs> anyway. Whatever happened to Soylent? I saw it most recently in a lawyer's fridge, so I think it's fine. That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> Do or Travis Scott. So Your Travis Scott, yeah. Yeah, when that happened, I I'm like checked out enough from like the fashion calendar and everything. Like I don't really look at shows. I don't really care. I'm more interested in like people, individual like people than I am like the fashion industry or whatever. So I don't really look at shows. And like I definitely I like am anti Travis Scott, <laughs> and uh, I don't really care about Dior these days. I don't know. I don't. Did you like? look at the show when it came out no no i didn't um i feel like i have seen i've seen some of the stuff like without intending to yeah um just like on the internet um i think it's uh i mean kim jones is a a very talented designer who i think really grasps the like uh really grasps what his his job is now um mm-hmm. that's your like and feels like every season is a one or multiple collaborations with very popular artists um and i would assume that for the people can afford your full price that is um a power of awe. so my guess is he's like he's he's really good at his job and he's make Bernardo Arno very happy. Yes. Um, um and I think he genuinely lo- like seems to genuinely love like you know this era of um pop star rap. Um and obviously Travis Scott's uh <laughs> Travis Scott's merchandise team is you know really interested in collaborating with the biggest uh, corporate cultural entities in the world okay. seems to do like a pretty a pretty good job of all of it. I think that's because Chris Jenner is behind it. I think yeah, Chris Jenner I mean, is like if you're going to you be part of my totally family, right. 
I am going to set you up to have these kind of like epic deals. I'm going to make sure that you are at the peak of the peak, getting residuals. Like I'm going to do for you or set you up with the people who can do for you what happened uh, for my daughters, basically. That's what I thought with like, yeah, when he rolled out like a beverage, he did McDonald's. I was like, this reeks of Kris Jenner. The, yeah, you may be right. He also, I don't know if he still works with this dude Sycamore, but his manager, I think Sycamore manager for a while. I, I, I honestly, I don't know too much about this guy, but my understanding is he's an extremely savvy businessman. Um, so I feel like, you know, just probably had a lot. Uh, um, there is a vision in place already, but I mean, you know, linking and building with the Jenners certainly couldn't hurt. Yeah. Um, because like when this news was announced originally or whatever, I was just like, damn, these luxury brands don't give a shit anymore. Like they don't believe in themselves to stand on their own two feet. Like they know that they are leaking relevance and they're not afraid to just keep poking holes for the cheap win. And it immediately made me think of Supreme and Louis Vuitton, which was the first time that I was like, oh, wow, they don't give a shit. And that was also under Kim Jones's direction. But uh, apparently the idea for Supreme and Louis Vuitton was uh, it belongs to Michael Burke, their chairman and chief executive officer. So that was the idea of a business person to collaborate. A business person at Louis Vuitton said, let's collaborate with Supreme because it's more relevant than we are basically. And like, that's fucking sad to me. That just says that these houses don't, the business people do not believe in them. as as businesses basically and are like please go make money with something more relevant than us and we're just gonna we don't give a fuck i i don't know that i I don't know that i was i think it's sad um i mean i don't truthfully really give a shit what happens to any of these companies but um um where am i going with this yeah, I don't know. I guess it doesn't bother me, and I and I I think it uh, remains to be seen whether collaborating with uh you know collaborating wild widely um, with artists and brands from different from very different places and 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 working with people like outside the hermetically sealed um, idea of the house that 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 you be. I think it remains to be seen whether that's have like a negative long-term impact on the brand. Yeah. Um, I think it's like way too early to call it. Um, yeah. I would, I would never, I would never bet against uh, Bernard Arnault when it comes to money hand over fist. I mean, yeah, I, I guess what I mean is like, it dilutes these, these collaborations dilute the luxury brand. And as far as not, I'm sure the sales will be great, you know, but it dilutes whatever a luxury brand is or was supposed to mean, but nothing has ever meant 
less like aesthetics <laughs> used to kind of mean something, but they really don't mean anything now. Like I think about there's a, um, there's like a tattoo parlor here called ephemeral or something. And you can get a tattoo that disappears in a year <laughs> because great idea. Who wants to commit? You know, and it's just like, I, uh, you can make someone tat it up and it just, it doesn't, it, nothing means, nothing means anything. I'm very bullish on tattoo removal technology. I'd like to spend some time investigating and researching this space to like invest in one or two of them. Cause I feel like that is a technology that has a long way to go and someone is going to like crack the code there. Cause there's a lot of people in our generation extraordinarily regrettable tattoos that I'm sure yeah. would love to have them removed if they could do so cheaply and painlessly. But I don't know. The nicest thing I heard about tattoos recently was that, you know, they're little, they're little scars on your body that are, that tell, you know, they make a mark of something that happened the same way that like, if you had some kind of injury that left, left a permanent mark or something like that. Um, maybe you should be reminded of like your stupid tattoo, like your stupid younger self. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I saw a good tweet recently where like, I was someone, something to the effect of whenever someone asked me what my tattoos mean, I respect it means I had like 300 extra dollars at one point, mm -hmm. five years ago. Like that's it. You know what? No one's ever asked me what my tattoos mean. They just say, <laughs> I like that. Or that's cool. That's good. Yeah. I, uh, I get, I have one on my hand that people ask me about sometimes cause it's just like a string of letters, uh, which is fair. I have a little, this little rainbow on my finger and the guy at the <laughs> deli was like, is that the Con Ed logo? Because it does kind of <laughs> that look like, <laughs> and I was like, why? I was like, do you think I got gas for a year or something? Like, why would I get the Con Ed logo stick and poked on my finger? Like, it's a little rainbow. <laughs> oh, that would be, that would be great. Though. Yeah. Perhaps um, your next tra tramp stamp. Yeah. Con Edison. Uh, well, in closing, RIP to a 20 year long collaboration. America and Afghanistan. Um, please don't cut out my homeland. Canada was uh, making a mess there for a lot of the last 20 years too. Oh, okay. okay so okay. Yeah, we were right we there with you. Shout out um, all the artisans. Um, yeah, I mean, tag the fucking model in the post. Come on. <laughs> um. Adam, do you have anything to plug? Anything you're working on? Is your book is your book thing still available? <laughs> My book? Uh, your book, I, 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 I don't. Oh no, no, um, no. Do I have anything to plug? Um, no, no, nothing to plug. Um, Where can the people find you online if if they're enamored with you? <laughs> if they're so inclined, they can can find me on all the usual places. Uh, my handle is at Renal underscore Avenue, which is a, 
unfortunate sober cat I'm now stuck with. Um, well, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me, Nicola. Have a beautiful rest of your evening. You as well. I'll see you soon. Bye.